Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 250. We are at 250 now. That's what I'm talking about. Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Today is going to be a great episode. Kelsey to the rescue. Um, we had a cancellation and we had already been talking to Kelsey uh, about, hey, we need to bring you back so that we can continue. Basically, we had a bunch of questions about like what the Bible says about dot, dot, dot. We did a couple of episodes. We did what the Bible says about dot, dot, dot. And we said what the Bible says about dot, dot, dot continued. Um, and it felt a little bit overkill to do that again and put another word in there. So we settled for what is true salvation because that was kind of going to be one of the next points we hit from a biblical perspective. We're also going to be talking about marriage, um, which is, you guys know, I love talking about marriage. Um, so it's going to be great. Uh, so this is a follow-up to those two previous episodes. Kelsey swooped in when we had a cancellation. She said, let's just continue it because we already had the notes. So uh, it's going to be great. If you guys are listening on Spotify and you are not following the Elijah Fire podcast yet, go ahead and give us a follow. That'll really help us out. If you guys are listening on the Spotify app, rate us, give us an honest review. That'll really help us out. And then, of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, Hoosie Watsy, all those. There's not a place called Hoosie Watsy. Don't Google like Jeff said there was a place called Hoosie Watsy, and I don't see it. Uh, don't write us and ask where Hoosie Watsy is. Um, but anyways, it, rate us on those two. That'll really help us out. Um, also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, you guys know what we do. We take a portion of every single donation and we funnel it into our amazing water well efforts. We've seen a lot of expansion this year. I said last year, I said, guys, I'm excited. I can't say anything yet, but we got some expansions and I'm excited. And now you guys are getting to see what those things are. And it's because of you guys' generosity. Uh, in donating to Elijah Fire and Elijah Stream. So we're going to play a quick video and then we are going to get this ball a rolling. Over 7 million people in Uganda lack access to safe, clean water. But you are changing that statistic by providing access to clean water. But there is still a need. There are still many who don't have access to clean water. Would you continue to help bring clean water to the beautiful people of Uganda? Donate today online at ElijahStreams.com. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Hey, speaking of amazing, my nephews are in the live chat right now. My nephews, Max, Shiloh, and Oliver. Wheel of justice is coming for you. They'll know what that means. I'll explain, okay? So... (laughs) My mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they have a pool and they have this giant whale and I call it the whale of justice. When they're getting a little rowdy, a whale of justice shows up and it's this giant inflatable whale and I throw it at them. <laughs> so, uh, that's what it is. Love you guys. I can't wait to see you guys over the fourth. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be sweet. Uh, so um, also speaking of sweet, I'm all about segues today. Speaking of sweet. Uh, in the description, I forgot to say this yesterday, under the stuff we talked about section, there is a survey and it's going to be up uh, through the weekend, uh, we decided, because uh, it's easier because uh, we do this show later in the day and we're like, oh, don't, we, we don't really want to deal with it. 
So we're going to leave it there through the weekend. But if you go there, it takes like a minute to fill out. Uh, you pick three options. We want to hear from you guys. We've gotten a lot of great feedback because um, there's also an other section. So if there's something you see there of topics that you would like to see more of and it's not featured there, you can go into the other section and you can put whatever you want in there. And I, one thing I wanted to say, uh, especially if any of you guys selected other, uh, some of them are actually done teaching series on. So like walking uh what, what do we call it kelsey walking walking in the spirit walking in the spirit living from the spirit and we've done i've done so many shows now i have a hard time keeping track of all of them anyways uh it's series number two so we did deliverance and then we did the one with kelsey so if you guys are looking to, to how to hear god some of you guys were putting in there's a suggestion i'll we'll actually go through some of these um once this survey is over because i would like to point out some of these amazing teaching series and episodes that we have done um, because, uh, that's why they're there to, to educate and, and to help you learn more and to grow confident and, in whatever subject it is, it can be hearing God, learning more about deliverance. It can be about parenting. It can be about all kinds of stuff. We've done tons and, and growing, and we're doing one right now about the power of prayer. And we just did it yesterday and it was absolutely dynamite. So if you haven't seen it yet with Christina Baker, Ooh, it was so good. So that was only part one of three, and there's more. So very exciting. Uh, but we'll cover all that more. But yes, check out the survey. Take like a minute. Fill it out. I'll try my best to remind you guys at the end of the episode as well, because we want to hear from you guys. So um, I think that's all my guest today. Most of you guys know who she is. It's Kelsey O'Malley. That's who it is. Uh, but she co-hosts Elijah Streams when Steve can't be there. She does an amazing job. Everybody loves Kelsey. Uh, and she's the founder of Marriage of the Land Ministries. And she also hosts the podcast Treasures of Heaven for ISN. Uh, let's give it up for my guest today, Sally O'Malley. Hello. To the urge. Yeah, I had to. I Gave like, into it. You had to say <laughs> Sally. Yeah. Sally That's O'Malley. Um, how are you, Kelsey? Awesome. How are you, all of you guys? Great to be back with you today. Man, we're going to we're going to be uh tackling some tough topics today, Jeff. Yeah. But we're used to it, right? This whole this yeah. whole thing what the Bible says has been I'm sure um a lot of you have been like, "What? The Bible really says that?" Yes, it does. Oh, yes it does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be really good. I, I'm, you know, really looking forward to this. I've been really liking this whole topic because um, mm -hmm. it's very uh, kind of broad in terms of just, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to say and there's a lot the Bible says. Yeah. Um, and I think too, now, I think one of the reasons why I like it is because there are a lot of instances now we're seeing this in culture where people go, the Bible doesn't say that, right. you know, and, and then they, and, and so then they kind of like find excuses to do what they want to do oh, based yeah. on the perceived, you know, God doesn't say this specific thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So. Yeah. We need a revival for the love of the word of God mm -hmm. and without the word of God, deception will always run rampant when you don't have the truth, the sword of the spirit to divide, to wage war, there's always going to be deception coming in. And as, it, what, the sad thing is that the truth of the matter is to really say is that there's 
actual churches who claim to be followers of Christ teaching things that are not in the Bible or yeah. are completely refuted by the truth of scripture. And there's people sitting in the congregation underneath these leaders that have no knowledge of the Bible whatsoever. They, they've never read it themselves. They've never sat and taken time to read. And so anything that they see, they just believe. There's pastors who take uh, scriptures out of context all the time and try to twist them um, into whatever they want them to say. And people who sit under that, who don't know, obviously I'm not blaming them. They don't know better, but I just want to exhort you if maybe you're sitting under uh, some type of leadership who's saying the opposite of can what I, we're teaching, the actual Bible can says. I, can I tell you one of the most ridiculous ones I've, I've heard? I will not, I'm not going to name names or anything, but there's someone who used, it was like a, they were trying to promote LGBTQ issues and it's, they're uh -huh. a, a, a proclaimed pastor, you know, I don't know if those credentials are legit, but that that's what they call themselves. And they were like, Jesus preached and encouraged his friend Lazarus to come out. He said, Lazarus, come out. Oh, I know I was exactly like, Bro, that's not what about. it means. <laughs> like, like literally that's the definition of taking about. out of context. Like you have to try yeah. to do what he Horrible. just did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's horrible. Um, so yeah, don't sit under stuff like that. So that's no. why we're doing series like this, because we want you to understand what the Bible says about these topics that are so highly <laughs> talked about and preached on. Um, just I can't get over it. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so bad. And that's not the worst. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah it's, it's really, really bad. When you take the scripture yeah. and you make it say exactly what you want it to say, mm -hmm. you are serving the God of self because yeah. you are taking what you want it to say and you're twisting it to make it say what you want it to say. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to love the Lord, our God with all our heart, all our strength, yeah. all our soul, um, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And if we love God with everything that we are, why would we take his very word and change it to make it say what we want it to say. It's horrible. Okay, we're going to talk about marriage today. And before we even start, um, we're going to open in prayer. But before we start, mm -hmm. if you have some type of question about marriage, you can go ahead and type it in. Illumination is going through the comments and she's going to share it with us. Um, she's going to pull some of them. So if you've had a question on marriage, maybe you're married yourself and you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe your spouse isn't a believer. Maybe you got married before you got born again. Um, maybe there's some type of situation or a friend you know, someone's going through something hard. Please type that in because we're going to try to get to some of the comments the best we can. We're going to explain it biblically. We're not going to give our opinions here. Um, we're going to try to share what the word of God says and then discuss the word of God. So obviously, mm -hmm. if I can't find anything specific to your question in the word, I probably won't be able to answer it right today. We might come back and do an answer question answer session on yeah. this. All right, guys, let's pray. So, Father, mm -hmm. thank you for today. Father, we thank you that we have breath in our lungs. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, so that we could be forever saved, Lord, from your wrath. God, we thank you for the joy of the Lord, that it's our strength. And we ask that the Holy Spirit would uh, speak truth to us, God. You said that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So, Lord, I pray for every single person and myself included, God, that you would lead us back to your word time and time again. And you would reveal who you are to us, Jesus, that we would fall more and more in love with you. Lord, that we would gain more knowledge about who you are, Lord. 
thank you for revealing your wonders and your beauty. There's so many treasures in your word, God. Open up our hearts and our minds to receive the truth today. We bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. So we are going to be starting off in Matthew 19. So I don't know, Jeff, if you can pull it up or um, if you guys have your Bible, let's go there because there's a lot to say on marriage. And so we're just going to go straight into what Jesus um, talks about in Matthew 19. So we're starting in verse three. It says, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, but the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And they said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, all cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept him, let him accept it. All right, guys. So Pharisees come up to Jesus and they're like, hey, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Why would they say that? Because in the law, that Moses gave to them, it was permissible almost for, for any reason to divorce your spouse. So there was so many reasons um, that they could write a certificate of divorce. It was like, you could just get up and leave your spouse whenever you wanted and fill out a certificate. You could be like, eh, want to marry somebody else. Um, she couldn't bear children to me. So I want to get remarried to someone else. There was mm -hmm. all these different reasons why um, you could leave your spouse. So the Pharisees are coming and they're testing Jesus or questioning him about this, because obviously this has been a, a topic that people wonder about even way, way back then. Um, divorce is something that we all, if, if something's going wrong in our lives, what do we want to do? We want to fix the problem the easiest way possible, right? We, we don't want to bear through something hard. If there's an easy fix, which is divorce, well, then I, I don't want to bear all things with my spouse. I just right. want to move on because that's the easiest thing for me to do. And so Jesus is saying to them, he goes, which I love about Jesus, because he goes right to Genesis. He goes in the very beginning. He's like, listen, from the beginning, it has been this way. God made them male and female. For this reason, a male shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. So when you get married, God has joined you together. It says, therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. 
So God has joined you and your spouse together. So let not man separate. So Jesus takes it all the way back to Genesis. Like, listen, this is initially the plan of my father, that two would become one and they would be together and let no man separate them. And so Jesus goes all the way back. And of course, no one likes to hear that, but he does give one exception because a lot of, a lot of Christians will say, there's no exceptions for a divorce. You should never divorce. Like if you're a Christian, you do not get divorced ever. But Jesus clearly says in Matthew 19, and I say to you, verse nine, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So if there's sexual immorality, there's an exception right there. Now, I think there's many layers underneath sexual immorality. Sure. Um, I think people may say, well, what, what qualifies as that? And obviously we know Jesus is teaching about adultery. He says, if you lust after a woman with your eyes mm -hmm. or with your heart, you're committing adultery. So what is an act of sexual immorality? I believe it's a physical act of sexual immorality. I believe it's a physical act. It's not just going, oh, well, my husband, he looks at pornography. And so that's, um, you know, that's sexual immorality. I have grounds to leave him. I personally don't believe that um, some someone looking at porn is sexual immorality. I think it's a sin. And I think they need to repent of that sin. And I think they need to pray and um, be be free from that. But I don't I wouldn't put that as an actual act. I believe it is a physical act where your husband or wife goes and commits uh, a sexual act with someone else. I believe that that is grounds that Jesus is speaking of for you to rightly leave your spouse and get remarried. It's not just leave your spouse. I also believe you can get remarried um, as well. But what happens is we see, but that doesn't always have to be the case, right? Because I know people who their spouse has cheated and they've asked for forgiveness and they've mm -hmm. worked it out and they're still yeah. married yeah, and their marriage too. is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't always have to be the case. You don't have to say, oh, well, my spouse cheated on me. So now I'm going to be divorced. And you can also reconcile and work it out. I mean, forgiveness is really powerful and God can change the heart. So it's not always you you have to, but that's one of the reasons that Jesus very, very, very clearly gives to us um, in the scriptures of why there is a cause for divorce. Now, what we see a lot of times now is people um, that are Christian are saying, well, I'm just not happy with my spouse because we got married before I was a believer. And now I'm a believer, but they're not a believer. And so we're not on the same page. So I'm going to take us to 1 Corinthians 7 because we see Paul uh, address this uh, very subject. So go ahead, Jeff. Really quick. Uh, so the uh, someone, um, Praise and Joy, said, would, would you say it's biblical for a woman to divorce her husband if he's beating the pulp out of her? I don't believe that God would want one of his daughters to be treated that way. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would, yeah, like, right. like we're going to get to that. Yeah, that's a great that's, question. That's like, mm -hmm. I think that should be, maybe it's, maybe it's not wise to say that should be a, a given because obviously there is a question being asked about that. Um, and right. it's not, it's a really important question. It's not a dumb question. So, uh, but yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. 
Well, we might as well. We'll just talk about it now because yeah. we're on. So, of course, mm -hmm. yeah, if, if there is domestic violence, um, physical violence, um, no one would, no pastor, marital pastor counselor that would counsel you would tell you to stay. I mean, absolutely. You need to leave um, that situation uh, and get away from that situation. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And I would say this, that, you know, obviously you don't sit under that. You don't stay in that type of marriage. You, you get out of that marriage. But then comes the question, what comes into play is not the question of divorce. It's the question of remarriage. Right. So so I think absolutely you're to leave the spouse. Now, if you just leave them and don't get a divorce, if you're just separated, but there's no divorce, um, I don't know. Or if there is a divorce, then the question becomes, do you remarry? Is it lawful for you to remarry? Is it right for you to remarry? And I think we're going to hit on that in First Corinthians seven. So let's head there. Um, and this is Paul uh, talking to us here. So in first. 1 Corinthians 7, 10 through 16, it says, To the married, I give this charge, and not I, but the Lord. So Paul's obviously saying, this is not me. This is the Lord. Remember, Paul received the revelation of the gospel directly from Jesus Christ. So this is a direct revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does... She should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. So uh, according to the writings of Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, that was verse 10 and 11. If your husband, if there is physical abuse and you leave your husband, Paul says, this is not my charge. This is a charge of the Lord. The wife shouldn't separate from her husband, but if she does. So obviously he says, but if she does, which means there's grounds for why she would. Or he would have he would have said this. The wife should not separate from her husband for absolutely any reason except sexual immorality. But he doesn't say that. He says, but if she does, which means there is grounds for why the wife would leave her husband. She should remain. She should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. So if you do leave your husband in that sense, Paul is exhorting and saying this is a command of the Lord you should remain unmarried. You should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to your husband because you never know the change that could happen within a person. Um, I mean, when Christ comes into the heart of a person, their whole life completely changes. Everything gets turned upside down. So if you're in a domestic violence um, relationship, obviously your spouse is not a believer. And so that's the first thing. They're not a believer. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, and I would say, um, I mean, maybe this is opening a can of worms, but I think there's a lot more talk about mental health now, which is a very right. good thing. I'm very happy oh, yeah. about that. Um, even if it wasn't in, uh, in vogue, I would still talk about it. But um, right. I think also we should probably address, because there are, are people that are in, and it could be male or female, in situations where it's not physical abuse, but it's mental abuse. And that's right. That's also a big thing because that can greatly change a person right. um, if they're being subject to uh, being gaslit, 
being, you know, uh, right. verbally, emotionally abused. Um, that's that really does take its toll on people. Um, so oh, I would, absolutely. I mean, I would. It's 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 a fine line to justify. It's it's see, this is the thing that's hard about this subject is because we can read the scripture and we can exhort you in what the scripture says. But when we get into verbal abuse and we get into that type of stuff. So let's just say your unbelieving spouse is verbally abusing you, but you're a believer and your mind is renewed by the Bible. So what they're saying to you, you obviously know is not the truth. And yes, is it abuse? Absolutely. But you know the truth of who you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know you're adopted, you're a son, you're a daughter, you know you're made completely new. So what they're saying is not the truth. And you have the choice to ignore it and turn away from it. And and we're going to get into this as well, because this this is all under 1 Corinthians 7. Um, so let me just keep reading the rest of the scripture before I get into this, just okay. so we can see what Paul says. Because There's he, a lot of good talks, stuff being thrown at us right now. He so. talks about this as well. Okay, yeah. so starting in verse 10 again. To the married, I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And the husband should not divorce his wife. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if a brother has a wife who's an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who's an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. And the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So, okay, now let's let's get back into what that question that was just asked. So emotional and verbal abuse. So you have the right to uh, ignore what they're saying, to know that that's not the truth. And, you know, you you have a right to uh, obviously tell the person, hey, that don't talk to me this way. Don't treat me this way. We need counseling. We need like. You have a right to say all of that. Share your faith with the person. So if your spouse is an unbeliever and they are at peace living with you, even though you're a believer, so they're at complete peace, they'll live with you. They don't want to get divorced. They don't want to be separated. The Bible says that we should continue to be married to them. But if they do want to be divorced, so if your unbelieving spouse says, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being with you and they're ready for a divorce, the Bible says, then let it be so. You're not enslaved to that marriage, which to me means if they're divorcing you, you have, you're free. You're, you're clean and free out of that marriage um, on biblical grounds. And so we have to know that just because your unbelieving husband is, you know, has some problems with sin. Obviously, he's an, he's an unbeliever. He's going to struggle. He's going to be carnal. He's gonna, he doesn't know. But 
as you share your faith and as you walk uh, with the Lord, a lot of times what happens, not all the time, but a lot of times what happens is the unbelieving husband does come to the knowledge of Christ. Yeah, because well, that's of, what happened to you. Yeah, that's I mean, what happened that, to I'm me. not saying that your husband was like that. No, bad, no, he wasn't but, ever a verbal no. abuser or anything like yeah. that. But um, yeah, that does happen. And, and um, you know, not all the time when you're not born again and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have the fruits of the spirit in you. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You don't have those dwelling within you when, when you're not born again. So unbelievers, obviously they're going to struggle with a lot of fleshly, the, the works of the flesh. They're, those are going to be very rampant in their lives. And so as a believer, you share your love of Christ with them. You share the gospel with them. And if they reject it and they don't want it, but they're content to live with you, the Bible says, then you should stay married. And what this shows me and what this um, relays to me is that God, God says what God put together, let no man separate. And so for me, it shows the weight of marriage because in the generation we, we live in, divorce is like no big deal. You know, like, well, I, I didn't love them anymore. I fell out of love or Whatever the excuse is, there's a million excuses of why you can get a divorce. And because that's so commonplace, we forget of how high in regard God holds marriage. Mm -hmm. And that it's so much so that if your unbelieving spouse is content with living with you, you should stay married. I mean, God, God really holds it high. And people say, well, I wasn't, I wasn't born again when I got married, so God didn't put us together. Well, God did put you together because he gave you free will to choose. So he gave you free will to choose. You chose to be married. And so what, when, when it says what God put together, let no man separate, what that means is that in the beginning, we, Jesus quoted Genesis, two flesh became one. So God's design for humanity was two flesh, when you get married, become one. That is God joining you together. That is God's design for us. Two flesh become one. So some people will argue that and say, well, you know, God didn't put me together with my spouse. No, you did. You had free, free choice. And when we go back to Matthew 19, Jesus said, listen, if you can receive it, if you can receive this message, there are some eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. There are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who've made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. So there are some people who will never be married because they they want to serve God and they maybe they want to be a missionary. And they know that if they fully serve their husband or wife and have a family and a lot goes into to being married and having a family, you can't neglect your family and you can't neglect your spouse and just go like if I got married and I let's say I got married and I said okay honey I want to be a missionary bye like peace I'm moving to Africa for five years my husband would be like well I guess we're not married anymore like what are you doing <laughs> so because I chose to be married I chose to serve my husband I choose to love my husband serve my husband yes I serve Christ I love him first but that was my choice to be married. And then when you have children, that's a whole 
anyone who has kids listening knows that's a whole nother thing. That is like absolute selflessness because they cannot do anything for themselves for a long time. And that is all your time and all your effort goes into that. So when you get married. Yeah. So I want to say something really quick. Um, I know that there are some people in the chat who are coming at this from a little bit of a defensive side. And I think it's really important to not, uh, to, to, to look at what Kelsey's saying, not what she's not saying. So we Mm -hmm. did, we are like the whole issue of abuse across the board is a completely separate issue from what she's talking about, which is about the biblical standards for marriage. This is not saying, okay, well, if you're being, you know, beat here, verbally abused there, but they say they still want to be with you that we addressed that and and she's not, that's not what she's talking about. So I think it's really important to listen to what she's saying, not what she's not saying because, Oh, well, if if they want to stay with me, so then it's okay. Like someone gave an example. So then it's okay uh, for my husband to beat me and verbally abuse me. If they say they still want to be with me, that's not what she was saying. It's actually, that's not what I made a point to actually address that. So like what I would do is just take a breath and, and, and like abuse is a very serious thing. Right. And in no way are we condoning that if a spouse no. says they want to stay with you. Like that is right. not, we are not saying right. that. And I think no it's very important that. to address that. Like this is a safe space. I love that you guys are asking these questions. They're hard questions. They're really hard questions. Right. And uh, we can only answer them to the best of what the Bible says. So there's right. certain things that yeah. certain specific situations that the Bible does not hit on. It does not address. And so what we have to do is we have to take the rest of scripture in context and we have to take the rest of what scripture says and we have to apply it to this. Mm -hmm. So we have, that's what you do. So you know that, you know, obviously if you are, if your husband is harming you in any way physically, you need to leave the marriage and seek for help and get your children and your family away from that abuse. Okay, but I also am saying that what God has uh, put together, let no man separate. So I also believe that there is people who their husband calls them, they get upset, they get in a fight and their husband says something like this. Well, you know what? You never listen to me. You're so stupid and you you never listen to me and you're an idiot and I'm sick and tired of being married to you. And they leave. They storm out. And you call your friend and you say, I'm sick and tired of this verbal abuse. I'm leaving. Okay. So there's a heated argument and where people say what they don't mean, which has definitely happened to me. We're human. Yeah. We, we say things we don't mean and we sin. We are human. That's what, but we have the gift of repentance because we're born again believers, which we've talked about many times, the gift of repentance. So we have to weigh the situation properly. Mm -hmm. And so There are people who will justify divorce to the end, no matter what, because they want to be divorced. They will justify and justify and justify. And so that's, that's who I'm trying to refute. I'm not the extremes where your you have black and blues, your husband's beating you. Absolutely not. You need to leave. If your husband every day is telling you you're worthless, I hate you. You're cussing you out every single day, cussing out your children. There is serious verbal abuse. You absolutely need to leave. But at the same time, if you are getting an argument with your husband, he calls you a stupid idiot and you claim divorce because that's verbal abuse. 
who has not said something they don't mean when they're angry? I mean, we all have done that. And so that gets into the hypocritical spirit where you just want to justify leaving your husband because you're sick and tired of whatever. And, you know, so we have to look at it like that because every situation is going to be different, Jeff. Like no two marriages are the same. No, you know. Yeah, and I think too, again, context is important. Like, why did Jesus address that topic? And it's like what Kelsey was saying. Contextually, you had people who were divorcing for a myriad of reasons. Like, any reason. I don't like the caniche that she made, or I don't like the the hummus she made. You know, like she's a horrible cook, and not buy. Yeah. Um, You know, so I think that that's also another important thing to to take into consideration is and, and not going like, Oh, well now we dismiss it because it was to the Jews. No, like, like there right. are principles that God is God, Jesus, God in the flesh addressing um, that. I think it's important to take into consideration, but at the right. same time, I, because I mean, now, I mean like divorce rates, especially outside of the church are not great. Um, you know? And so, um, you know, and sometimes yeah, in the we church don't... as well in certain pockets. Right. But... Yeah, definitely. We don't, we just don't want, we want to make sure that we're not justifying leaving our spouse for a reason that is not found in God's word. We, we want to make sure that we're weighing our marriage as when we become one flesh and we love each other, we are serving God as we do that. Just Mm -hmm. like when you go to work and you work and everything is done to glorify God. So your marriage is to glorify God. And so is there going to be arguments and is there going to be hard things through marriage? Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't give you a ground to divorce your spouse because there's arguments in the home and you can't find common ground. You know, a lot of times what you need is you need to get out of that fleshly place and you need to sit down and just talk to your spouse. A lot of times lack of communication between two people can cause a lot of problems. If you don't share how you're feeling, if, if maybe your, your spouse said something that really hurts you, but you never tell them. And yeah. so they don't even know they said it and, and it's festering in you. And so that brings us to another thing Jesus talked about, which was unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. So what happens is now they said something that really hurts you and you're holding this bitterness and resentment in your heart and you're not forgiving them and you're not talking to them about it. And then this stuff starts to fester and then you get into the flesh and then you're calling everyone and you're one. So this is mainly what we're talking about is the Lord puts you and your husband together and your marriage glorifies God. And so what we read in the scripture, even I'm going to take us to first Peter three, because, uh, First Peter three also talks about it as well. It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So that's another thing. Like it talks about wives, be subject to your husband so that if some don't obey the word, they may be one without a word, but by the conduct of their wives. So a lot of times when we preach at our husbands and say, you know, the Bible says this, and we, we like slam the law down on them, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, the Bible says this, and that's not always necessarily gonna, gonna win someone over. But 
love covers a multitude of sins and love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long suffering. Love uh, covers a multitude of sins. You know, like love is this amazing thing that works deep within our hearts and it softens other people's hearts. And so when we love our husbands with the love of Christ and not that we slam the law down on them, but that with our lives, we show like being like Christ, we forgive, we love. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. You know, Stuff like that really opens someone's heart to receive the Lord. And when they receive the Lord, the work of the Holy Spirit, he starts to change them and transform them. And he does the work. And that's the other thing I want to share is maybe you're not married to um, a believer. Maybe you got married before and then you became a believer, but they didn't. And so you're doing the best you can to love them and um, share your faith with them in a way that's not, you know, slamming the law down on them. Um, but they, oh, hold on. I lost my train of thought there. Okay. So maybe you're married to, to someone who's, um, an unbeliever when you love them and you show the love of Christ that can really soften their heart. So they become a believer and they see like, that's what happened with me and my husband, just as an example, like he saw that who I was, was completely, totally different. Like yeah, you were transformed who is this person. Like she's not who she was. You know, I wasn't, I used to struggle with anger, um, a lot of impatience. Like there was so, and I still at times struggle with that because I'm human Mm -hmm. and I need, (laughs) I need the Lord to help me. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm human just like all of us. I'm not some now perfect person. No, absolutely not. I would never claim that. I, I have struggle with, with anger even still to this day, but not nothing like before, I truly was born again. Not you can't even compare the two. Um, it was almost rage, like so angry, just would say anything. Um, I was I was a verbal abuser. You know, I'd get mad at my husband and I would call him awful names. I would say awful things to him. Like, mm. I wish I never married. I mean, just horrible mm. things. So you you could call me a verbal abuser before I came to Christ because I I basically was when I look back at myself. I was. I was a horrible, unrepentant sinner. And it was awful. And my husband, he's so, so kind to even stay with me during that. But when I became born again, that changed about me. I wasn't that same person. So yes, was there arguments? Yes, but I wasn't doing the same things I was before. I had way more self-control as fruit of the spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? So yes, do I get angry still? And is there still um, you know, some arguments between us here and there. Yeah, absolutely. We're a married couple, but it's not the same. So my husband saw the change in me. And what happened is he saw that change and he saw the beauty of what Christ can do to a life. And that really made him desire to want to go to church, to want to know God. Hey, I want to know the Jesus you're talking about because you're not the same. I, I want to know who you met. Because I like who you are and I want to be like that. And and that's what happened. And so maybe for those saying, you know, I, I can even say like, you never know what will happen to your spouse as they come to the knowledge of Christ. There can be a complete 360. And if my husband would have divorced me, 
and I would have met Christ and got completely born again, I'm sure that my husband would have been like, well, let's reconcile because you're not the same, you know, you're not Mm -hmm. the same person. And so that's, that's what Christ does. And so when Peter says, Hey, listen, show the love of Christ. You never know what that can do to your husband. That that's exactly what, what happened to my husband. Yeah. And so go ahead, Jeff. Um, Well, something that I want to address really quick or not, not really quick. We're, it's it's the whole subject of um because i think that there are some people that based off of what we were saying earlier again it goes back to the reading what you weren't saying or or looking at what you weren't saying and kind of filling in the gaps um Mm -hmm. that i think especially in the church there are a lot of people who have gotten divorced have since remarried or you know decades ago got remarried and they're in they're spirit filled they're christians and i think that there can be a tendency as a result of that the enemy can come in and be like, you're not even saved. You're not even saved. And, and so right. can we address that? It's one of those like really big, big ones. I'm like, yeah. the short answer is, yeah. If you've repented for committing adultery as in accordance with what Jesus said, yes, which, right. you know, like that's, that, that would be my initial approach to it. Yes. You know, right. like, but Kelsey, I want to hear your thoughts on it. So no one <laughs> here, no one here is claiming to be perfect. Right. Uh, I am not claiming to be perfect. I mm. sin. I make mistakes. Um, there's things I've done since becoming a believer that I've repented of. I mean, we bear fruit with keeping with repentance. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have gotten separated from your spouse and it was not, uh, there wasn't a biblical, uh, like, reason for you to do it. Let's just say you weren't happy anymore. You wanted out of your marriage, but there was no biblical grounds to doing so. It was just, hey, I'm I'm leaving. And you got remarried. And you're happy with your new spouse and you know, you're so glad you got remarried. Well, I just want to say that like what Jeff what Jeff said is repentance is a free gift for you. And obviously we're going to make mistakes as we walk here on earth. Like no one is perfect. And so if you think that if you got divorced and remarried, that you're somehow not saved and you're some, you're going to hell now because you went against what the word says. Absolutely not. The only Mm -hmm. reason you are going to hell is you're denying Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. So you're going to make mistakes. You're going to sin. But that's the that is the point of repentance is Jesus's blood continually washes us clean. So, of course, you repent and say, Lord, forgive me for leaving my spouse. I was in a bad situation. And, you know, the amazing thing about God is that, you know, a righteous man can fall seven times and the Lord will pick him up. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that God can't restore you and can't be with you and that now, oh, now I'm not saved. No, no one would even bring salvation. This Jesus doesn't bring salvation. When he, when he talks about this, he doesn't bring in the message of salvation. Jesus doesn't say, now there's, there's parts in the, where Jesus speaks, he says, woe to you. And he says, you know, you'll be in the place where worms die not and where the flames are uh, never extinguished. So he does talk about hell. But when we see him talking Matthew 19, he doesn't, there's nothing related to hell and adultery and nothing does he say that. So right. this is not a matter of you being saved or not. 
This is a matter of we're going over what the Bible says about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. This is a very, very sensitive topic, a very touchy topic because the human person, the, hu- the way we are, we want to justify everything. We want, we want justification for why we did what we did. That is, I do that all the time. Something happens, I justify why I did that. Maybe I sinned. I said something. I didn't have patience. I didn't, I didn't, I, whatever. Well, I justify it. Well, I, I said that because you did this. Does that make it right? No, but the blood of Jesus is there to wash us clean. And so can you be remarried and have an amazing relationship with your husband? Yes, you can. Will God bless it? Yes, he will because you repented. The the Bible says when you repent of your sin, he casts it as far as the east is from the west. That's infinity. Now, Jesus. Right. And Jesus also looks at the heart, too. So if you're saying something like this, well, I'll just divorce my husband, then repent, and then I'm good. Yeah. Or I'll just sin and God will forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. That's testing the Lord. You don't want to test the Lord. Yeah. Um, You know, you don't want to test the Lord. Um, But again, that's, you know, he God looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. And so God sees your situation. He knows why there was divorce. He, he could have even brought, you know, someone into your life who, who knows? I don't know. I'm not claiming to know all that. The Bible doesn't say all that. We're just reading scriptures specifically that deal with marriage. I know this is a very touchy subject, and I know that a lot of people want to justify it because they've gone through it mm-hmm. and because they've lived it. And they want to say, no, I'm right for divorcing my husband, and he didn't love me. And even though the scripture says this, well, I'm right. Well, that's between you and God. And yeah, I, then it becomes more nuanced. Between, it's like right. case by that's case. Between, gonna, yeah, exactly. Sorry. That's between you and God. And just yeah. like Jeff said, it's case by case. And yeah, you, you sit with God and you talk to God about it and you open your Bible. You read what the word, the, right. the word of God is the sword. So I can share what what I believe the word says, I can read to you the word and then I can rightly divide it the best way I know how. Yeah. But what you can do is you can sit, you can Google marriage scriptures. You can sit, read those over and over. Maybe you're in a bad marriage right now and you feel like I'm done. They're not coming to I'm done. Well, I would exhort you to sit and read what Jesus says about marriage. Read what the Bible says about marriage and read it over and over again and let the truth of what it says come into your heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know uh, someone close to me who the marriage is not perfect. And, you know, they always say to me is that when I talk to the Lord about it, the Holy Spirit's always exhorting me to love my spouse more. Mm-hmm. So you would think that, you know, it's like you're going to God, you're frustrated, like, God, I'm sick and tired of this. But they always tell me, like, the Lord's, the Lord impresses upon their heart, hey, you love, like, love covers a multitude of sin. Forgiveness, forgive, forgive, forgive. And they're, they know there's no biblical grounds for divorce and they won't do it because their hope and their joy is in Christ, not in their marriage. And that's the other thing that you can address as well is when all your eggs are in the basket of marriage and not in Christ and Christ's sufficiency and him alone, 
you get so wrapped up and that has to be your everything. Mm -hmm. But if Christ is your everything, then it changes your perspective on your marriage as well. Mm -hmm. And so all I'm doing here, and I know we're not going to get to the second question because I knew this was going to take up a we'll lot do of another time. one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but if, if I, I just want to exhort you guys that you need to read the Bible and you need to let what the Bible does and does not say um, get into your heart. Because if we just go off emotion and off feeling without what the word says, we're living in deception and we're in trouble. Anytime we go yeah. off emotion, well, I just, I want to do this. Well, that's biblically, that's not grounds for divorce. And you can get mad at me for saying that. And you can get mad at me for, for sharing the scriptures and you can get mad at me and say, you know what? That's, that's not right. Well, you, you can do all of that, but you shouldn't get mad at me. You should get mad at the Bible. Right. It's more don't, like, uh, yeah. Don't get upset with me that I'm sharing the scriptures. You should be upset with God because that is his holy word. That is right. his word. You have to and take it up with Paul, with yeah. Jesus. But I would, take it a step, I would take it a step farther, though. It's not even about getting mad. Like, if you do feel that pang of, of anger or, like, irritation, I would encourage you to pour into the scriptures yourself. Like, right. you know, it's like you were saying, don't, don't look at what's not said in scripture. It's, it, they call it theology by omission. Um, uh, you know, it's like you find grounds for an excuse for something. You're like, well, I don't see this listed in the Bible. So it's okay. I think it's right. really important through the entirety of scripture, taking in the entirety of scripture. That's, right. that's how you know God's heart. It's not yes. just through reading the new Testament. It's in right. taking the entirety of scripture. Um, yes. And it's constantly confirming itself um, as you read. And so I think yeah. that that's important too, is knowing the father's heart behind why, why does he not want people to get divorced? Why does he not want right. this happen? Why does he not like, well, by taking the entirety of scripture, especially when you read the old Testament, you see the ramifications of right. actions. You see the consequences of sin. You see what happens exactly. generationally because of sin. That's right. another reason why God hates it. Um, right. And, um, and so I think that, but man, I got to just like give a shout out to like the people in the chat have been so loving and so compassionate oh, and so God. mature in just how you guys have. And, and look, I, I welcome counter questions. Like I think everybody on that I have as guests welcome those things. Even if oh, someone's yeah. maybe a little hot and bothered and they ask something. I don't want to condemn people for having the courage to come in and actually ask right. a question that's maybe a little like, well, yeah, but what about this? And it's maybe applying right. to their own situation. Like, I right. really, really want that to come across that, that we really do welcome that stuff. Um, yeah, welcome questions. And yeah. we do our best to answer them, guys, off the word of God. So yeah. we're not just feeding you sugar and we're not telling you everything you want to hear. If I was on here to tell you everything that your flesh wants, oh, well, you can divorce for any reason. And, you know, it's just covered by the blood and don't worry. And God, God is going to bring someone else even better into your life. And your marriage is going to be 50 million times better. Well, I can't guarantee any of that stuff. And that the Bible doesn't say any of that. So if I come on here and just feed all of that to you, is that really helping you? Or is the truth the thing that sets you free? Yeah. 
And it's not to put you under condemnation. Right. There is, therefore, Romans 8, there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None of this is to put condemnation on you. All of this is to teach you what scripture says. That is what all these shows are about. That's why we come on here and, and, and say the Bible says this about this. We're choosing controversial topics like homosexuality. Um, we're talking about if you're truly saved, do I fellowship with unbelievers, marriage. All of these are very controversial topics because it's not taught on a lot. When's the last time you heard a sermon uh, biblically based on what the Bible says about marriage and divorce? Pastors mm. won't touch this yeah. because if they touch it, half the congregation's going to leave and they're going to stop giving and stop supporting. But the truth is, is that we need to hear the truth of God's word because the truth is what sets us free. Now, will the Holy Spirit convict our hearts to lead us to repentance? Absolutely, because we bear fruit when we keep with repentance. What's the job of the Holy Spirit? To bear fruit within us, bear fruit in our lives. And so this is why we come on here and do all of this stuff. But a lot of these topics, they're, they're sensitive topics to our hearts because the natural man and the natural thoughts without the word of God is going to want to do Mm -hmm. Man wants to do what man yeah. wants to do. Yeah. We all live like that. We want to do what we want to do, but the Bible comes in and disciplines us and corrects us and it guides us how to live. Jesus Christ himself said in John 15, those who love me obey my commands. And so how do we know that we truly love Christ when we live for ourselves and do what we want and justify every sin and never repent? No, that's the opposite of showing that we love Christ. How do we love Christ? We obey his commands. That's how we love Christ. And so how can we love Christ if we don't know his commands? How can we love him properly if we don't know his word? If we don't keep his word, if we don't hold his word in high regard in our hearts, if we say, oh, well, that was a long time ago and the world has changed and, you know, he doesn't talk about any of this. No, we love him by taking his word, rightly dividing it, learning what it says, and then applying it to our lives. Are you going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Not on this, not on this side of mm -hmm. heaven, not till Christ comes back. We're all going to be struggling with sin all the way until we either get Jesus comes back or we go home to heaven. No yeah. one is ever going to be perfect, but that's why the gift of repentance comes. So the reason we talk about all of this stuff is to help those people who are in a situation where maybe they've been thinking about divorcing their spouse for some reason. And you've, you're sick and tired of them not doing something you want them to do or whatever. I don't know what your situation is, but I just want to encourage you to read the Bible and seek God's heart on what he has for your marriage. Mm -hmm. And it might be to stick it out and stay married and work on your marriage. Get some biblical counseling. Go If your spouse is open to it, go to your pastor, get marriage counseling, sit down, talk with your spouse, have communication. Hey, you said this, you did this. It really hurt my feelings. S start start to be present in your marriage. Stop neglecting it. A lot of times what happens is people go, whatever, I'm done. And they mentally check out and you're already basically divorced because you've mm -hmm. mentally checked out. You're done. Mm -hmm. I want to exhort you today to start to put work again into your marriage. Start to try to love your spouse. Pray a prayer like this. God, would you help me love my spouse? God, would you would you show me what nature and character 
you have in my spouse. Lord, Mm -hmm. show me the best thing about my spouse. And Lord, help me to love them. Lord, show me. Maybe they're really generous. Maybe they're really funny. Maybe they're really kind. Maybe they're a great father. There's something about them that God has given them that is amazing. And we all can say that about every person is we see the 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 amazing thing that God has given them. And mm-hmm. we can say, we can take that and say, you know what, God, I know he is so generous and God, let me see that about him and love that you've given him. That's a little, that's a quality of you, God. And start to ask the Lord and, and take all your burdens, take all your anxieties, pray, ask God to intervene, ask God to help. Mm-hmm. Do what you can do and God will meet you at the places you can't do. That's what I always tell people. Hey, do what you can do. Do the most that you can do. And then God will meet you the places you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. God's the changer of the heart. God is the one who comes in and transforms people. I know everyone on here, if you're a Christian, you have a testimony that God has completely changed you. And we'll we'll talk about this next time because we're going to talk about how to tell if someone's truly saved and all of this gets into that. Yeah. And you were born again, changed and transformed. And there's and more you, marriage content coming, you guys. I just <laughs> want to say that. I can't say any more right now, but there's more. That's a, That was already been planned. And then I saw a lot of people selecting that in the survey. It's already in the works. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about the subject myself. So. Yes. A lot more. And you have great advice, Jeff, because you and Lauren have an awesome marriage and we love each other. People with really healthy marriages have, you know, they can really, really help people maybe are struggling. Um, but I just want to pray. Let's let's just pray for those who this is a really touchy subject for you. Your Mm -hmm. marriage is not going the way you wished it to to go. Um, we just want to stand with you and we want to pray with you. Um, right now and just believe with you that your spouse will come to the knowledge of Christ, that they will be born again and they will be completely changed and transformed. Um, and so we're just going to agree with you in that prayer right now. So Father, I thank you for every single person listening. God, I thank you that your word acts like a sword and it divides between our soul, what we want and the spirit, Lord, what you want. So thank you that your truth is being planted. The seed of your word, Lord, is being planted in each and every person's heart. And God, you said that you'll come and water it. So Father, I thank you that you come and water that seed as it's been planted in their heart today. God, for those who um, have been struggling in their marriage, uh, their husband or their wife, it's it's been a very difficult maybe even years and years. It's been so hard, but Lord, mm-hmm. they stay together. And, and Lord, they look to you and they stay together and they, they won't separate God. They stay in there, Lord. And I just thank you that, uh, Holy Spirit, you give them the courage and the strength, the endurance, Lord, to stand that Jesus, you've become their everything, Lord, that you've filled their hearts. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I thank you that they, um, they stand on your word. Father, I ask that you bless them for that. Lord, we pray for their spouse, that they would come to the knowledge of Christ. God, we ask that you would come and touch their hearts because the truth is only you, Lord. You draw a man's heart to yourself. The Bible says that we love you because you loved us first. Mm -hmm. So, Father, I pray for the spouses that they would see the love of Jesus Christ, that Mm -hmm. absolute love. Lord, that they would be convicted that they're sinners. 
Father, that they would feel like, oh, I'm missing something in my life. I I don't like who I am. I'm missing something. I, I need Jesus to come in and save me, save me from myself. Lord, I just pray that those thoughts would begin to go through their minds, God. And Lord, I pray that you would bring them to repentance. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd bring them to repentance. And Lord, I ask that um, you would teach us all how to forgive and you'd teach us all how to love with the love that you loved us, that why we were still sinners, Lord, you died on the cross. What is love? Lord, you sent your only son to die and we were in horrible sin, but yet you bled and died for us. Why? We weren't perfect. We weren't following you, but yet you laid down your own life for us that we would come to know and have fellowship with you and be eternally saved. What kind of love, a love that would lay down his life for his brother. And Jesus, that's what you've done for us. So Lord, teach us how to do that for our spouses. Lord, teach us how to love. Teach us how to be selfless. God, that life is not about us and what we want and always making us happy. We have to be happy all the time. But life is about learning how to go low, how to love you, how to follow you, how to forgive, how to love. This is truly what life is about. Lord, remind us of the love that you had for us and help us to love our spouse in the same way. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. God, I just ask right now that maybe if there's been uh, resentment in the hearts of those listening uh, and any bitterness or unforgiveness towards their spouse, God, right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring it up in their hearts. And it's okay if you've had unforgiveness or resentment. I've had that toward my own. I'm, I'm repenting of it right now. God, I forgive my husband for the times that I feel like he should have helped me more with the baby. Lord, I forgive him right now. I give it to you, God. I love my husband. I forgive him. He can't read my mind. Lord, he doesn't know. He's doing the best he can. Lord, I thank you for my spouse. I thank you for my husband. God, I thank you that you joined us together. And what you joined together, let no man separate. So right now, just begin to forgive your spouse. Whatever it is that they've done that that you feel an offense towards, just right now, just forgive them. Mm -hmm. Lord, I forgive them for this. I love them. Begin to think of the amazing qualities. Maybe you look back to when you first got married. Look at those times of of why you love them and how amazing uh, your marriage has been. Look at the good times. Just like when we go through something hard, we look back at the amazing things God has done for us. So, Father, I thank you right now as those heavy burdens are being lifted as people uh, forgive their spouse, God. Lord, continue to teach us how to love. That's that's really the main thing. Lord, let us be less selfish. Lord, let us stop thinking only about ourselves, but also think about uh, other people, about our spouse, about our children, about our fellow employees, our friends, our family. Lord, that life is not just about me, 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 but it's about you and what you've done. So, Lord, help us be more like you. I pray that you bless every single person listening. 
And Lord, that the desires of their heart would come to pass, Father. I just agree with them in whatever that is. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, this is really good. Really good. Very obviously necessary to have more conversations like this, even you and other guests, um, which I'm happy to do. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love it. So, um, Kelsey, thank you so much. People can oh, thanks find for having on, me. People can find you on the Facebook. Yep. That's pretty much where I'm most active. Just look That's me home up base. there. That's home base. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You guys can email me too at Marriage of the Lamb Ministries. Maybe there's a question you have that I didn't answer. Um, you, you can go ahead and email me um, and I'll try the best to my ability to answer it and get back to you um, as quickly as I can. It might be a couple of days, just depending how long it is. Like, Try not to email me like 15 questions because that's going to take you know, that's gonna take me a really long time to answer all that. But yeah. if you have a question I didn't answer or something, please email me. I'll try to um, get to it um, the best. And of course, the comments that you guys have written questions in the comments, I know Illumination said they're going to take those and Jeff will bring all these up, I'm sure, again on your next marriage talk. It'll be word, some good word, word, word. And again, I just want to emphasize this one last time. The blood of Jesus is amazing, you guys. Yes. Like, Amen. man, like, let that sink in. Any of you who are feeling like, especially those of you who got remarried after having a divorce, like the blood mm -hmm. of Jesus is an amazing thing. I've seen God yes. redeem marriages even ones that okay. you know they remarried and God is right. using them greatly, but repentance is a very important thing. And and yeah. all we're trying to do is just present the scripture as it's presented, plain and right. simple. Right. That's it. So no um, more condemnation. Don't boom. feel condemned at Romans all. You shouldn't feel eight, condemned. One. Yes, don't feel condemned. Um yeah. this is totally just to bring uh, teaching on the scripture and to exhort you to follow it the best way you can. We have to tell the truth though. Like right, that's it. Right. We have to. Right. You know, we can't just feed can't you mince words. Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no way. All right. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much. This is fabuloso. All right. Love you yeah. guys. Everybody. We'll be back tomorrow for the final installment of this week. Uh, and it's, we've got Andrew Whalen in the house. Uh, Andrew Beefcake Whalen. Uh, and so uh, it's going <laughs> Oh, I almost got you. Um, so, uh, everybody. Beefcake. Yeah, Andrew Beefcake Whalen. The dude's huge. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, everybody, that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, slash donate. Is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. And of course, you get in on that sweet, the sweet water well efforts that we're doing because of you guys' generosity. So um, God bless you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Andrew Beefcake Whitelaw. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.